0: Hello and welcome to Northern Business Leaders in association with the professional services firm Deloitte. I'm Graham Robb and I'm here at this beautiful setting of Riding Mill in the Thumberland to meet a company that's leading the way in offshore technology. Osbit produces innovative equipment used in industries such as offshore wind and oil and gas including subsea trenching vehicles, cable laying systems and foundation installation equipment. From this stunning office, Osbit designs the equipment that it manufactures at bases across the northeast. I'm here to meet Brendan Hayward, the Joint Managing Director, to discover how Osbit is playing its role in the UK's journey to net zero and the amazing engineering skills that it's developed. Brendan, we're sat outside having uh, looked around your design and technology offices here at Riding Mill, beautiful offices. Tell us about the heritage and history of Osbit.
1: We started in 2010, we are now up to 125 people here.
0: And you do what?
1: We uh, design equipment within the well intervention space offshore and also offshore wind uh, and we all our projects are bespoke equipment and they're aimed at reducing project risk, reducing uh, the cost of the offshore wind farm projects.
0: I can see some of the uh Bits of equipment that you've got on this piece of video here, you've got a uh, a trenching piece of equipment here, a what's this, a mass excavator? Mass flow excavator, (laughs) yeah. What do these things do? Uh, The mass flow excavator is a form of
1: trenching, the other trenching equipment is all to bury uh, products along the seabed. So whether it's a pipeline or particularly uh, what's very current at the minute is offshore wind power cables. Clearly, offshore wind is growing massively, not only in the UK, across Europe, and across the world. So, there's increasing demand
0: for our technology in burying these products. So, you actually design the kit, yep. uh, And they're, they're quite often bespoke because different uh, seabeds have different geology, don't they?
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, The growth in offshore wind has led to more and more challenges because, as you rightly point out, the geology is always different across the projects. Mm. So we're always calling on our experience across all the people that we have to come up with the best solution for our clients' problem.
0: In the UK, uh, we've got this massive wind farm that's about to be delivered on the Dogger Bank. It's going to be the biggest wind farm in the world. Does that mean that companies like yours can get involved in servicing it and deliver their expertise around the world once that know-how is acquired?
1: Absolutely, Uh, we as one of many companies in the UK are in a fantastic position to start exporting our technology around the world we've been exporting for a number of years. One of the prime targets beyond Europe uh, next is offshore wind in the US where we've already started to win small bits of work but the, the, the long-term opportunities there are phenomenal.
0: The company is a relatively new company, just over 10 years old, and it's gone rapid growth, and rapid growth in jobs, in turnover, and, and investment. But the heritage of the company is in some of the key people that were predated the foundation. Tell us about that.
1: Well, uh, our chairman, uh, Dr Tony Trapp, Uh, was a co-founder of Soil Machine Dynamics in the 70s with um, Dr. Alan Reese and Dr. Tim Grinstead. And that really set a course for a set of businesses within the Northeast which have really pioneered. So uh, Soil Machine Dynamics continues today as a leader in its field. The engineering business was uh, latterly uh, bought by uh, IHC, Royal IHC, Uh, again, leaders in their field. Uh, We set up Ausbit in 2010, but there are a whole load of spin-off companies which are all down to the creation of Saw Machine Dynamics by those three people.
0: Tell me about the uh, team that you've got here now. Uh, Over 100 people and we saw lots of workstations, very advanced technologies. Uh, Where do the young people that work here come from? What's their background? What are their ambitions?
1: We're always seeking to have the very best team, Uh, we have a huge amount of experience in the business but we also pride ourselves in taking uh, a large number of graduates and growing them, uh, piling them with uh, knowledge and experience, Uh, so uh, we've got a close relationship with Edinburgh University, uh, also Newcastle University, but in the end we're always on the lookout for just the very best people who are hungry to learn.
0: Now this does not feel like an engineering business. Here we are in rural Northumberland on a beautiful May Day, recording this in the springtime. Um, engineering is in the brain, not in the physical things you're doing here, but what about making the stuff? How do you go about that?
1: Yeah, well, probably firstly, we love this space because as a creative business, it really is a fantastic home for all the engineers. But wider field in the northeast, we still have a supply chain of fantastic fabricators, machinists, who have a level of experience which is really rare to get hold of. So w- whilst we design it and we oversee the manufacture, most of that is done within the northeast. Uh, we successfully uh, export that equipment around the world. Uh, we did actually do a project last year right through the start of COVID where um, uh, the high integrity engineering was all manufactured in the northeast. It was then shipped to Singapore, mm. and we did all the final assembly uh, in Singapore and delivered it there.
0: So this really means that you've got the international and uh, uh, engineering know-how to help other areas of the northeast in the levelling up agenda.
1: We have a facility at the port of Blythe where we carry out assembly and testing. A lot of our manufacturing is done within the northeast, and later on we'll be seeing a, a, a large system which we're having manufactured and assembled on the Tees.
0: As promised you've taken us to one of your production centres. This is on the banks of the River Tees this Brendan. What is this massive bit of kit we're seeing here? So this is roughly the top half of a
1: 1,300 tonne uh, well intervention system. Uh, when the two halves are joined it will be about 42 metres high and this is to deploy uh, well intervention equipment uh, both for intervening in offshore oil and gas
0: wells but also to do carry out decommissioning works. We saw this being designed at your ride-in-mill did. business didn't we yes. yeah. and they're following the designs in detail we're not going to stay here long because it's very noisy. I'd love to see the bottom half if it's uh, that tall. And how are you going to get it to uh, where
1: it's going to operate? So it goes outside, uh, then it's transported by uh, barge, uh, and then lift, loaded out, installed on the client's
0: vessel, ready for operations. This kind of kit is going globally from the northeast of England. Where, where did you say this is going? So this is a Singaporean client, and it's going to be working in Asia. Brendan, we've come outside and we can see the River Tees and there are other rivers on the East Coast. These rivers, what opportunity they present to you in terms of exporting material like the things we're making behind us?
1: These rivers have been home to expert fabrication for decades and hundreds of years. Uh, Even today, the fabrication facilities around are phenomenal, which is why we use all our supply chain throughout the North East.
0: Now, the, before we talk about the North in general, let's just talk about the piece of kit behind us here. This is the top half, or bottom. the bottom half? The bottom, bottom half, half. <laughs> all right. Just explain then how it's going to be deployed, what it does.
1: Yeah, so uh, the top half that we just saw inside, that is coming out, it's being dropped on. Uh, the final fabrication work will be done. We'll f- complete our assembly, the commissioning and the testing. It will then be loaded out onto a vessel waiting and then taken away to our client.
0: So that's going to go down the River Tees and be exported from the River Tees to the Asia-Pacific area? Correct. Okay. And what will it do when it's uh, deployed?
1: So it's installed on the back uh, deck of a vessel and it deploys subsea equipment specifically for intervening in offshore oil and gas wells, which can also be part of decommissioning activities as well.
0: Yes, because when people talk about offshore uh, uh, oil and gas, of course the Green lobby is straight away in saying we shouldn't be investing in offshore oil and gas. Now, there might be an argument on, uh, on carbon and climate change issues for that, but nevertheless the industry is going to need this kind of investment for some considerable time. Why?
1: Uh, we're still reliant on oil and gas immediately, uh, and we we can't stop that. So we need to evolve. We need a plan to, to move over to green technology, uh, w- which is in place and is happening with the phenomenal growth of offshore wind. But uh, as part of decommissioning oil and gas, we also need equipment like this
0: to get down under the sea under the sea to the seabed to where the wellhead is you can repair it maintain it prevent spills of course exactly and also then in due course decommission it correct and that's decades long isn't it this isn't going to happen possibly in our lifetimes the full decommissioning. absolutely brendan we're on top of this piece of kit it was some getting up here i must say Uh, behind us though we can see a great view of the river Um, this river is a perfect location for you and your engineering team What is your view of how the river is developing?
1: Uh, I think it's great to see it being redeveloped, Uh, obviously uh, the recent Teesport uh, news. Um, Certainly for us, uh, having a supply base um, like Wilton Group um, to help us in our growth and exporting of equipment is
0: a fantastic strength. Well we've got a great day for it, the the iconic transporter bridge behind us. There's not a lot of wind so we can do this uh, 100 feet up in the air. This is a traditional but highly uh, technological piece of kit made here on Teesside. But you're looking at new markets that are emerging from the new technology that comes out of the climate change agenda. Tell us about the harvesting of cobalt.
1: So uh, the world needs rare earth minerals and uh, that's a complex argument because where do we get them from? Obviously currently a lot of that is mined on land but uh, reserves are running very very low uh, and we need uh, further enabling of the the green energy agenda because we need batteries. Yes. So where do we find the rare earth minerals that we need? Well uh, at the ocean floor between 4,000 and 6,000 meter water depth you have subsea nodules and these are just sat there waiting to be uh, harvested and of course it needs to be done in an environmentally safe way but we've also designed equipment to enable that to happen with very low impact to the local environment, uh, low cost, uh, so that's another industry which we're pursuing in enabling the green energy agenda.
0: Now this equipment that you're designing, will you have the intellectual property for it? We do, yeah. Excellent. So this is another way in which the northeast of England can be in a pioneering engineering situation. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your career as we close our interview. You've been working as an engineer for most of your life. But you come from a farm, farm background.
1: Yeah, a uh, farm boy. I I've always loved animals and I've always loved equipment. Studying tractors from a young age, hydraulics, power, mechanisms. Uh, I studied engineering and I started in subsea engineering. I then did landmine clearance equipment for a number of years, an IED defeat. Uh, And then various other interests uh, in engineering. It's just a fantastic job uh, and career to be in.
0: And you're leading, as we said at the beginning of this interview, a young company. It's just over 10 years old. Um, And you're joint managing director, so what does the future hold for you?
1: We have a company which is now up to 125 people, and the demographic is young, energetic, passionate, creative. And I just love working with people who are fantastically bright, fantastically energetic. Uh, It's an inspiration. And we're all joined as a team in creating things that did not exist, solving problems that didn't have solutions. Uh, The continued growth of our business represents the future of the North.